What is your life? It's like a personal Zoom. Mm-hmm. All right, let me eat this and then we can start. Yeah, do 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 what you gotta do. I don't mind mouth sounds. Nobody likes mouth sounds. I don't understand it. It doesn't bother me. Huh. All right. It's like farts and burps. It happens. They don't bother you? No. It's natural. Welcome to another episode of MQA Sunday with Marco and Steve. This week, we're discussing the Gospel of Luke, chapter 15, verses 1 to 3, and then 11 to 32. And it's the story of the prodigal son. So grab your kombucha, take a seat at our kitchen table, and join our conversation. Stephen, welcome back. Thanks, and I'm you as well. Excited. Thanks, thanks. This is a big week. This is there's a t- there's some talks of this might being a two parter. Yeah, it's a first of all, it's a very long okay. gospel, oh. and it has two distinct parts: part A, part B. Okay. So yeah, we'll we'll just see how yeah, it we'll all see goes. How this goes. But you know, this is also the uh, fourth Sunday of Lent, mm. four out of six, yep. which means Lent is halfway over. Right. And it is Laetare Sunday. What does that mean? That means rejoice. Oh, okay. And this is the pink candle of Advent. um, Rose. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yes, this is the pink week. And is that always kind of like the halfway mark? Just about. Fourth week. Yep. And it's from um, the opening hymn traditionally for this this, uh, mass this weekend is rejoice O Jerusalem and it's a reminder this pinkness and this sort of um rejoicing is to remind us that Easter is coming like we're we're, we're getting there nice you okay. know it's a little break in our Lenten gloom and what I know about this story it's a little bit on the brighter side of yeah stories. yeah it is yeah it is so that's nice yeah so oh you know listener if you're new here or wherever you are, yeah. um, we use our beta lesson plan, which is what we use for small groups here in our parish. That's Mary Queen of the Apostles, Salem, Massachusetts. Mm. I get a dollar every time I say that. That's so right. So I'm just throwing that in. Okay. And you can form a beta group. You can grab some friends, get this off our website. Mm-hmm. Again, we have a PDF version. We have a, an online version, clickable. Sometimes there's silly songs. Last week had a silly yes, song. there was, yeah. and uh, you know, it's just something. It's we're not looking for deep theology here. We're not looking oh. for experts. We're looking for just a, a chance to really dig in, yeah. take a big bite out yeah. of scripture. Uh, so the other thing is, we always start with an icebreaker. Hit me. All right. Uh, tell tell us how many siblings you have, and the last big party you went to. I have three, no, there's two siblings. (laughs) Take all the time you need to think this over. (laughs) Uh, Two two siblings. And uh, the last big party I went to, oh, I'm guessing it's probably the 50th anniversary of my father's family coming to America was the biggest, probably my biggest party. How was that? It was good. It was in, it was, it was, you know, it was good. Good. And if you know, if you that's know. all any of us want to know. Yeah, it's good. It was good. 
Good. Okay. It was not drama filled or people got sick or anything like that. Good. It was just good. Yeah. No, it sounds great. <laughs> I have four siblings. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm the youngest of five. And less, I don't, I don't even go to big parties, honestly. Yeah. But I went to a Mardi Gras party this year. There were only like 12, 10, 12 of us Whoa. there. Oh. But. Down in New Orleans? N- no, up oh. in um, Nashua. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, the other, the city other of famous Joy Mardi Gras Orleans. city. Yeah, right, yes, right. exactly. And it was uh, my first time out in such a setting. Yeah, in a long time. There was karaoke. Whoa! I didn't. I just yeah. You watched. There was food. There was drink. Wow. Yeah. And a king cake. Hopefully. There was a king cake, but th- there was no baby. What? I know. Ugh. America. Which is nice because, you know, if you don't really want to get the baby. It's supposed to be like oh. good luck, but then you have to bring the cake next year. Oh. Nobody wants to do that. And they could just, they should just like replace it with a, like a raisin, you know, yeah, so you could still eat it, but you're like still like disappointed because it's a raisin. Yeah. This friend of mine throws them, often throws Mardi Gras parties oh. like every year. Yeah. Traditionally. And one year they did buy that. You can't just buy one baby. You have oh, to right. buy like a bag of babies. True, a decade's worth <laughs> yes. of babies. And at the end of the party, a friend of mine and I went around the house hiding little babies. <sighs> Beautiful. All over their house, like in their thing over the bathroom. What's that called? Vanity? Uh, medicine, medicine, medicine cabinet? Medicine cabinet, yes. Mm-hmm. In the fridge, the freezer, you know. Nice. Do various they know about it? Random Is places. Is going to be the first time? No, no, year? no. This was not this year. This was oh. in the past, but gotcha. yeah. Drunker years, really. <laughs> than this wow this gospel is a full page it is a full page and there's a very distinct like story a and story b which is why we're talking about possibly doing this in two parts right and they're really they're related obviously but they um they're just really different so it's gonna be we'll we'll see how how it all goes and for our international friends um this is an eight by 11 by eight and a half full sheet so it's not a four or a five. Oh, are they there's different sizes yeah yes. i don't know oh. i know i know there are <laughs> like but is like are internationally do they not use a letter size for such no. as this no we use eight and a half by eleven yeah and they use a four or a six or that's interesting yeah you, you i don't know, believe it also but it's interesting hang around a copier as much as i do you mm-hmm. learn a lot about international paper sizes Okay. I have no further questions. All right. This is a reading from the Gospel of Luke. The tax collectors and the sinners were all drawing near to listen to him. But the Pharisees and scribes began to complain, saying, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. So to them, he addressed this parable. He said, A man had two sons, and the younger son said to his father, Father, give me your share. Give me the share of your estate that should come to me. So the father divided the property between them. After a few days, the younger son collected all his belongings and set off to a distant country where he squandered his inheritance on a life of dissipation. When he had freely spent everything, a severe famine struck the country and he found himself in dire need. So he hired himself out to one of the local citizens who sent him to his farm to tend the swine. And he longed to eat his fill of the pods on which the swine fed, but nobody gave him any. Coming to his senses, he thought, 
How many of my father's hired workers have more than enough food to eat, but here am I dying from hunger? I shall get up and go to my father, and I shall say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I no longer deserve to be called your son. Treat me as you would one as you would treat one of your hired workers. So he got up and went back to his father. While he was still a long way off, his father caught sight of him and was filled with compassion. He ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. His son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I no longer deserve to be called your son. But his father ordered his servants, Quickly, bring the finest robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Take the fattened calf and slaughter it. Then let us celebrate with a feast, because this son of mine was dead and has come to life again. He was lost and has been found. Then the celebration began. Now the older son had been out in the field. On his way back, as he neared the house, he heard the sound of music and dancing. He called one of the servants and asked what this might mean. The servant said to him, your brother has returned and your father has slaughtered the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. He became angry and when he refused to enter the house, his father came out and pleaded with him. He said to his father in reply, look, all these years I served you and not once did I disobey your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat to feast on with my friends. But when your son returns, who swallowed up your property with prostitutes, for him you slaughter the fattened calf. He said to him, my son, you are here with me always. Everything I have is yours. But now we must celebrate and rejoice because your brother was dead and has come to life again. He was lost and has been found. Oh. Oh, God. <laughs> Hi. Oh. Oh man. I know this is longer a longer reading than usual. Yeah. This is like reading Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes. Lord of the Rings. It is just like that. <laughs> exactly. And now that we have our conservative Christians off this podcast, let's talk about this. <laughs> well, yeah, we're safe here now. A reading from the Gospel of Luke. The tax collectors and sinners are all drawing near to listen to him. But the Pharisees and scribes began to complain, saying, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. So to them he addressed this parable. Then he said, A man who has two sons. A younger son said to his father, Father, give me the share of your estate that should come to me, so that the father divided the property between them. After a few days, the son collected all of his belongings and set off to a distant country where he squandered his inheritance on a life of something. When he had freely spent everything, a severe famine struck the country and found himself in dire need. So he hired himself out of one of the local citizens who sent him to the farm to tend the swine. He longed to eat his fill of the pods on which the swine fed, but no one gave him any. Coming to his senses, he thought, How many of my father's hired workers have more than enough food to eat? But here I am dying from hunger. I shall get up and go to my father, and I should say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. 
I no longer deserve to be called your son. Treat me as you would treat one of your hard workers. So he got up and went back to his father. While he was still a long way off, his father caught him sight of him. And filled with compassion, he ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. His son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I no longer deserve to be called your son. But his father ordered his servants, Quickly, bring the finest robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Take the fattened calf and slaughtered it. Then it, that let us celebrate with a feast. Because his son of mine was dead and, he is now, and has come to life again, he has lost and he has been found. Then the celebration began. Beautiful. Oh, perfectly read. <laughs> I like that. The word is dissipation. Dissipation. Which is, you know, spending. Oh. Let's say that. Well, reckless spending. <laughs> Amen. Okay, a couple of little setting things we need to consider yeah. before we even launch into this. One, last week we talked about repentance. Do you remember what we said about the word repentance? Turn away. Yeah, it means to change your mind or yep. change your way of thinking mm-hmm. and to turn, mm-hmm. right? Pivot. So obviously there's a theme of that here, yep. right? Yep. Um, the other thing is there's two, you can see there's kind of, they're skipping a part of the gospel in this reading. Thank oh, God. Right, because, right. gee, how long would it be if yeah. we had those other verses? And the, the what skipped are two other little parables. The first one is the the shepherd who leaves his 99 sheep to go after the one lost one. Okay. Finds it, brings it back, yeah. and yeah. they rejoice. The uh, the second is of a woman who has 10 coins and loses one, and she cleans out her whole house to find the coin, and then she throws a party to celebrate. Okay. Oh. Okay. So something that was lost has been found in all three in of all these of stories. Right. All right. So here's my first take on these. Yep love that the pharisees say this man welcomes sinners and eats with them yeah what i'm seeing on tiktok (laughs) sure is that people are quoting this you know they're they're really hyping on certain christians that like it's them versus us interesting and they the commenters are hitting on stuff like this yeah um when they say that so i love that because i'm i'm a man of that fights for that. Okay. Um, and the story of the first brother is, you can understand, you know, he wants to move on, you know, yeah, do get his, what he's quote unquote sure. deserve. And, right. He's having a quarter life crisis. Yeah. And move on. And, and it's just, and I'm guessing the biggest thing for the people at this time is that the father was welcoming back. I'm guessing that's the shocker. Of the story. Oh, there's a lot of shockers in there. Lots oh, of okay. shockers. Um, yeah. Okay. Let me just tackle some of the things that you said. Okay. So in verse two, it says, the sinners were all drawing near to listen to him, but the Pharisees and scribes began to complain. This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Like not only right. does he welcome sinners, but he eats with them. Yep. So this Zachariah is from the... Zechariah is another example. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you mean... Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus is yeah, yeah. Example of that. Right. Tax collector. Yeah, yeah. So in the notes for the beta today, it says, note that Jesus is not searching for or seeking the lost, right? The tax collectors and the sinners are coming to him, mm. which I think is interesting. Yes. It's not necessarily important, but it's interesting. 
So, um, but Jesus does invite them to eat with him, it seems like. Yeah. So eating with. He doesn't turn them away. Right. He embraces them. Right. Right where they're at. Right. And he breaks really social norms to eat with them. Eating with them, yeah. Right. So eating with seems to have been a problem in the early church. It says Peter was criticized for eating with Gentiles, but not criticized for baptizing them. Like there's a thing going on uh, with the eating, right? So, so that was more culturally important. Breaking bread, we're guess, meal. yeah, that's yeah. a guess that that's what the that's what the real issue was. That there's really that he's really. It's one thing to like be out in the wilderness and talking to sinners and whatnot, right? But to actually sit down and eat with them was apparently. A really big deal, yeah. Socially, um, and the uh, the scholar that I'm using here says we still struggle with who should be welcomed at the Lord's table. Yes, we do. <laughs> we do struggle with that. We do. That's right? what I'm. Yeah, that's. I think that hits right to my first topic. Yeah. yeah. Right. And and oh, really struggle with that. Like it. It's such a human thing mm-hmm. to 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 struggle with to it? struggle with that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we uh, we talked about this a little bit last night in in our How to Catholic course. Mm. We were talking about the sacraments. The communion is one of those sacraments. And we talked about how the state of the person seeking the sacrament matters in the receiving of the sacrament yeah. and the grace. And right, they have to be open to it. Right. And that the church does feel some responsibility to know whether a person is open. You mm-hmm. can't, we can't really judge it necessarily right because we're we're just we're not god i mean it's a simple question though yeah do you want this that's true yes that's true done perfect yeah and it would seem like jesus would agree to that right right in this yeah they come to him you're hungry i'm hungry let's eat let's eat yeah yeah he might be italian (laughs) he might be (laughs) he might be no but i think that's great so do you think like eating with somebody back then was like being a friend with them now because I guess we don't really like value too much of eating together. Like we eat with strangers all the time. Yeah, we 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 don't really eat with strangers all the time, do we? I guess they're around. Like I'm thinking at a restaurant. Yeah. So this would be like the equivalent of him going down to, I don't know, Starbucks or whatever. You know, the Starbucks that's downtown where there's just like a ton of homeless, homeless people, people, right? Like having a coffee with and them. like sitting down and having coffee with them. Yeah. Okay. Which is not like unacceptable. No one at the, I think at this point would be like, that's horrible. Right. But none of us are doing it. Yeah. Right. Right. So, you know, and, and one of my notes had said that the Pharisees, where is this? Oh yeah. It's in the quote. So this, I'm going to just answer your thing about the Pharisees. (laughs) (laughs) Loyal oppressed says, Like Jesus, the Pharisees hoped to lead sinners back to God. The Pharisees, however, required that sinners first become ritually clean, observant of the Pharisees' interpretation of Jewish law before sharing table fellowship. Mm. This appears to be be one of the differences, the major differences between the Pharisees and Jesus. Jesus reaches out to sinners while they're still sinners. Ha-ha, right. Inviting them to conversion through fellowship with him. Oh my gosh, what a concept. <laughs> Jesus is God acting among us. By befriending us, he's inviting us to return to our friendship to God. Hmm. Okay, so, I mean, I think that's, that is stark. 
right? Yeah. You know, I'm always defending the Pharisees because really they're they're God fearing people. They want. Yeah. They've only been told this way. To Jesus say, is true. the first one to change it up. Yeah. In and this really big way. Like the Pharisees' interpretation is totally logical. Mm-hmm. Here are the rules. Follow the rules. You oh, get. Gosh. That hits the price. That hits me because I try to be so logical. <laughs> yeah. And now I'm I'm, I'm anti logical. Yeah, in just situation. in this moment. Yeah. 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 Jesus right. doesn't he doesn't ask us to be someone else before he befriends us. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yes. Which, yes. Mm. Yeah. That's nice. It's cool. He also, I mean, we've said this before too. He doesn't, any easy answer that there is. Yes. He seems to be like, no, that's just not it. It's just not yeah, easy. Let me tell it's you not, three stories. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that's I right. was teaching the kids this Sunday about the parable of the fig tree. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you ask Jesus a question, he tells you a story. Yeah. He's true. like an, a boomer when you text them and they call. Uh huh. Uh huh. They just want That's that. what you told the kids? Yeah, yeah. They didn't know what the <laughs> they hell were I was like, talking about. I don't about. know. But I got the moms to laugh. Oh, that's good. <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, he always kind of he because he wants you to. He doesn't want to give you the answer. Mm-hmm. He wants you to think about it, ponder it. Oh my gosh! And the answer is there. Yeah, yeah. Which is more development, it's, right? He it's wants teaching you to think someone to critically. Fish yep. Rather than yeah, yeah, I like yeah. It. Be adults. Yeah, I like it. Speaking of shocking things mm-hmm. in this reading. Uh, the fact that the son even goes and asks for his inheritance is just horrifying. Like in that yeah. day, people oh, would bet. be like, oh, no, he didn't. <laughs> One of the scholars said he is basically telling his father to drop dead, mm. right? Because yeah. the request is totally unthinkable. The father only gives the inheritance once they've died. Yeah, he's like, come on, come on. Yeah, up. can you just look? I can't wait for you to die. So <laughs> let's have that now. So the father really, I mean, the logical thing here we are again, mm-hmm. would be that the father would be like, get out. Right. Get Banished. out. Yeah. yeah. And maybe he would give all the inheritance to his other son, mm-hmm. move him up. But instead, he goes, okay. Yeah. That's what you want. This is what you want. <laughs> okay. Which I think is, again, kind of fascinating yeah, when you think about it. Like, no one would do that. Right. Right? Yeah, no, no parent one. would be like, no. yeah, cool, cool, cool. Right. Go and go spend it in a life of dissipation yeah (laughs) (laughs) oh that word yes yes, yeah you know you know um i also want to point out that like in verse 13 let's see what it says verse 13 after a few days the son had collected all of his belongings and set off to a distant country where he squandered his inheritance in a life of dissipation Dissipation. the greek words in that in that i know you love a translation i do the Greek words in that verse do not actually imply immoral behaviors. The oh. brother later says he spent it on prostitutes. Yeah. But we don't hear that actually in the story. Yeah, that's right. Is that, I wonder if that's another gospel. Or, or No, no. It's the second part of this gospel. He says it. Oh, yeah. Okay. The brother is like making assumptions. Gotcha. Probably. Or maybe he's, maybe he's telling the truth. We don't know. Oh, gosh. He's just Roller coaster, Margo. Roller coaster. I know. I know. Stay with me. I don't know me. what sign I'm on. Keep your hands and feet inside <laughs> the car. So the word uh, dissipation means scattering. 
So oh, he's, he, he's diversifying. He scattered the money without thought of future consequences. He's living just for the moment, which you ready might have worked out. Okay. Except for the natural disaster of the famine. You know, I've never noticed this drought. Yes, me neither. I've never noticed this drought. Right. Because that's like, he could have been doing something great. And right. then, right. here go hell come. Yes, exactly. The so the famine, of which he had, he didn't cause the famine. No control. No control. But it didn't help. Yeah. I'd, I don't even know why that's interesting to me, but it it is, right? Like... It makes, to me, it makes him seem more dumb than evil, I guess, oh, or yeah, yeah, unlucky. Yeah. I mean, he's definitely like pushing it. Right. Asking his father for his inheritance. Yeah. I wonder if he would have lasted longer out there if there was no famine. Yeah. Right. Maybe. So, okay. Do you, What do you think? Does that, what does that make you think? It gives me more sympathy to this brother mm-hmm. um, because also it, it preps us as believers that you can do as much as you can, but there's still that uncertainty, Yeah, you know, and, and so nothing's, nothing goes as planned, yeah. even if it's a good one. Yeah. So that's great. <laughs> <laughs> so terrific. So late. <laughs> so late. I I do wish there was an SNL skit of the of this brother doing the prep talks that he's gonna say yes. his dad. <laughs> yes, I like love he's that. in like a maybe like, here's what I'll say. By a riverside, right? So he's, he's talking like, to himself. Yeah. Yeah. I'll maybe I'll cry a little. Yeah. Be like, Dad. Yeah, yeah. Get more emotional. Get more emotional. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Here's a question for you. Mm-hmm. Knowing what you know about the younger the others the Son, the yeah. first son, the prodigal son. Right. Why do you think he went back? Okay, uh, hold on. Okay. So the person that he's working for now is not as a good man as his father. Okay. And maybe that's because of the famine mm-hmm. or another reason. So he's like, I can't eat. My father's work is are better. So yep. he's probably realizing how good of a man his father is. At least he can eat to live. Right. As a worker from his father. Yes. So here's the here's the tricky part for me. I don't know why I thought this after all the times I've heard this reason, this story. I thought that the reason he went back was because he felt guilty. But really in the story, oh. he goes back because he's hungry. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I never thought that he went back cuz he's guilty. Uh, really? Yeah. Cuz nope. he does then he goes back and says, "I I've sinned against you. I'm sorry." He's this is He wants food on this, this plate. Right. Says this, whatever he needs to say. No, no, no. Exactly. But yeah, I never felt that he was guilty. That's interesting. So where, yeah. do you, where, do you, cause where do you get that from? Where do I? Yeah, because he's apologizing. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I guess. But you could almost think like, oh man, this didn't work out. I'm hungry. I've obviously blown it. Yeah. My, my fallback plan is really only to go back there. Right. But I can't just go back there and be like, I'm back. Yeah. Right. Right. Give so. you a son or anything. <laughs> so really, yeah. he is sort of. Maybe he doesn't feel guilty at all. Right. Right. Yeah, that's a possibility. Maybe he's just pretending in order to get back into the place where he'll eat. Yeah. I think this is interesting. As much as we think about why people should or shouldn't be at the table with us, mm-hmm. I think we judge people's reasons 
for repenting. Right. You know, they want the benefits. Are they actually sorry? Yeah, definitely. And in this story, Jesus doesn't care. Does not. Right. Yeah. He He doesn't doesn't care much about where people are. Like, (laughs) he's just just like, I want to love you. Yeah. 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 I think that's cool because I can imagine that someone who's been away from faith or who has been like away from God or belief or even like practice would feel like there's obstacles between them and coming back. Like I need to be, you know, ashamed. Mm -hmm. I need to seek forgiveness before I can get back into this community. Right. And I think, think jesus is saying sure that's great if you feel sorry yeah but the most important thing is that we're family already mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. whatever reason you're coming back for yeah that's fine that's right. good just come back yeah right yeah exactly exactly just come back just come back yeah i love that it's interesting that's 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 a cool take Definitely a cool take that once again, Jesus just shows that he doesn't care. He wants people there. He's showing this in the father. The father did something crazy, giving the half of his inheritance away when he's alive and then, and then welcoming back so warmly Yeah. to a celebration. Yeah. Here's another little note that I never noticed before. This is in verses 18 to 21. We overhear the younger son rehearsing his confessional speech. <laughs> right. And then we hear him give it to his father, except that the father interrupts him. Did you notice that? Oh, is this another Peter and being interrupted? <laughs> I thought of that too. He interrupts him before he's able to say his last line, which is like, treat me as your servant. Yeah. Treat me as your hired workers. He, before he says that line to his father, the father has already ordered a long robe, mm-hmm. a ring, sandals, and a celebration. He's just happy to be there that he's back. Yeah. Right in that spot yeah. where maybe we would expect him to say, fine, you come back, right? you be a hired hand, you live in the barn and work your way back in. Right. Right? Yep. No. Immediately. He doesn't even give him that option. I mean, he does He does admit that he has sinned against you in heaven and no longer deserves to be called his son, but, but the, he's already like... He doesn't care. Bring the fact He's out. already like, yeah. we're celebrating. Because he sees him from afar. Yeah. Yeah, I heard a speaker once talk about this reading mm-hmm. and he had this beeline focus on this idea that he saw him from afar. Right. And he said the reason he saw him from afar is because he was looking for him. Ah, right. Ooh, I like that. Right. It's not like he can kind of catch his. So he's been missing. He's just, been waiting. Just he's like been God. just watching and waiting. Yes. Yeah. They didn't force him back. Right. He's just been waiting. Very cool. But waiting like hopefully. Right. Right. Because he already knew what he was going to do. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Robe, ring, sandals. Yeah. Fat calf. Yeah. That, ooh, I like that. I do too. Yeah. That's always really so hung we should with be me. really, we should be more like the father. Yeah. Yeah. One of the questions, um, which I didn't write, it's from someone else said, what might it do for a church's outreach effort? If people knew that our church is a church that throws a party whenever the lost are found. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Right. Because, yeah, nothing mattered. Right. He is his son. 
he never not my son. He was not offended about the money. He was right. never offended when he came back. I love it. That's oh, very cool, isn't it? Yeah, that's a nice little. That's a. I mean, this is a very popular story, and yeah. I like that we're taking this a different approach. Yeah. To it all, I want to give you a couple more little facts, and then we'll take a break. Okay. Um, in verse twenty, he runs. In ancient Palestine, it was regarded as very unbecoming of an older person to, to run, run. which I can relate to. What about to. someone in their 30s? Um, I think 50 is the line, really. Oh, gosh, 20 years. <laughs> His father doesn't seem to care what people think of him. That, I like that about the father. Right? That doesn't give a ish. Yep. The ring was a sign of a high position in the family, so was, he brings him right back into... That was one of my questions. What's yep, the ring mean? To honor... Sandals showed that he was a son, not a slave, uh-huh. since slaves didn't usually wear shoes. Meat was not part of the daily diet, so when you killed a calf, you had to eat it quickly because it would spoil. They didn't have uh-huh. refrigeration. Okay. So the father is planning a party. He's not just like, let's eat good tonight and invite some people in. He's saying, oh. we're doing this big. Big, okay, because all of that mo- food has to go. Right. And he and even that is a public gesture, right? He ran through town, which is unbecoming. He's throwing a party for his son. Yeah. People at that party will be like, Are what? Right. They all know about it. Absolutely. Wow. And then they're gonna see the son in a robe with rings and so he's already like back into the son status. Yes. Yep. Cool. And you'll even notice there's some like little bits throughout this reading where he's saying, Your father's son has been come back or your brother and he mm. says this son of mine like he's he's claiming him yeah for his family so lots of little trivia things in yeah. there lots of interesting little tidbits it's a big parable it is. and it's a big reflection on their culture Mm-hmm. but if you don't know these things it's a nice story it's still a nice story, right yes. yeah. but when you start to look at those little details which i i just i love yeah. this is what i love about MQOA Sunday and about beta Mm -hmm. just to see those things so cool yeah hey let's take a break let's take a break we'll come right back hey there Margo Morin here your pastoral associate and I'm Stephen Antonio your director of family engagement we're coming to you from Mary Queen of the Apostles Parish in Salem Massachusetts and we want to tell you what Mary Queen of the Apostles has for your family's faith we have something for everyone in your household from Family Alpha for parents with teenagers to Children's Liturgy of the Word which we call Wondrous Stories and Sacramental Prep for those looking for baptisms First Communions and Confirmation. Something for everyone in your household and as, including the parents. Yes. We love to help you grow in faith together. Where can they find out more? You can find out more information on our website at mqoa.org slash FF. Back to the podcast. That's British. Hopefully that's not trademark. <laughs> I wonder. Oh, gosh. We'll find okay. out. Here we go. All right. We're still in this part one. We're still in this first brother. But do you remember that we started this conversation talking about repentance? Yes. Right? Yep. And I found this like treasure trove. I almost want to read you the whole thing, but but I'll try not to. This is from Brian Stoffergen, who's a Lutheran uh, writer. Okay. That looks at the Gospels. And uh, I just want to read you some things that he says about repentance in the context of this reading. Okay. 
Okay. So we talked about repentance was about us changing our minds, changing, turning, away. turning around, um, rethinking, thinking in a different way. Yep. So, so going into that idea, we can look at the story and say, well, he turned around. He literally turned around. He came back. He apologized. Yep. Right. But Brian says that another scholar says that there's a, a different definition of repentance in this reading. Oh, you ready? Yeah. The only possible action in this story that could constitute repentance is the finding of the lost. Huh. Right? So the central figure, he says, is not the thing that's found or the son, but the finder. The father. Right. Hmm. And before the woman and the shepherd. Yeah. Right? This is a story about how repentance looks on the part of the other person. Yeah. Right? right. So repentance, maybe we could define as our acceptance of being found. Oh, our acceptance of being found. Right? Interesting. So like in this story, when they meet, he runs out to him and this son takes the hug, right? Goes back home with him mm. and, and participates in the rejoicing, really. Right. He's at yeah. the party. So he says, repentance is our acceptance of the reality that God has found us in Jesus Christ. This means, of course, that we acknowledge our own lostness, Okay. right? If we're the first son in the story, the star of the story is not us. Right. It's, it's dad. It's dad. Yeah. Right? So... If we take the meaning of metanoia, repentance, okay. as to change one's mind, then he says, what's changed here is our understanding of the relationship, which doesn't come about because of the actions of me, the lost one, but from the actions of the finder. Stay with me. Okay. A slightly different image of this. Um, you know, you can kind of start to feel how this could be true when you note that what was lost originally be belonged to the owner. Yep. So it was the father from whom he was lost, right? Yep. It's not a, a new relationship. It's not a creation of a believer. It's not the a new coin. It's not a new sheep. Yep. It's a res restoration it's, yeah. of what was lost before. So he says that he thinks this applies in churches because oftentimes we assume that the lost are people who have no relationship with God. And if we right. start with God, the creator, as having already had a relationship with all of us, um, wouldn't that change how we think about the lost as a church? Yeah, right. It's, it's a little bit like a sacrament. Like, isn't it the in wood grace is already est established? Right. Right. And now we're just, now the humans are realizing it. Oh, frick, Stephen. That's beautiful. Thanks. But is it right? 
<laughs> I think it makes a lot of sense, I right? Mean, that's that's that changes ministry 100%. How? Because it I think it's easier to be like, well, he's there, a sinner, and so they need us right. to not sin anymore. Right. And then they need us to know God. Yeah. But it's really like no, they already know God. God already knows them. Right. And we're just welcoming them into we're, the community. Right. We're just Yeah. We're just the road that they're running on. Right. 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 We're just the party. We throw the party. Yeah. He he also says that joy is the emotion of repentance. Joy is the emotion of repentance. Yeah. Which again, we've talked about like repent you must repent you know save yourself and be sorry notice what a wretched sinner you are and change your ways this story says that when we are accept that that it was god first who loved us right then the answer to that is joy is celebration yeah that's so different, right? Than what than how that word is presented. Yeah, and it's and it's it's like when they're here, they already have done what they need to do to be here. Yeah. Right, which is just be loved by God. Be loved by God. Right. Which is nothing on their control. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that changes a lot. That changes like the next steps that changes mm-hmm. are they worthy are they that changes yes are they prepared yes you know yeah that changes a whole lot in ministry it does i think it's like yep okay cool now you're now you're here but even the small moments when you're in church and you think oh my gosh i can't believe she's here too right right like yeah. isn't she divorced is she going up for communion isn't he like yeah you know whatever yep isn't he doesn't he run a casino well, you know who right. knows right yeah we all know the small gossip but yeah it doesn't matter but we it doesn't matter to us to i us. mean it shouldn't matter to us but it doesn't matter to god, god right so it shouldn't matter so to we us. should be joyful when that person comes in right oh my gosh you're here right i've heard it said that Air church moment. should feel <laughs> more like aa so when you miss aa oh okay you're not in trouble. Like nobody's counting. Yeah. But when you show up at AA, they're like, I'm so glad you're here. Gotcha. This is a good news that yeah. you're here. Very cool. Right? Yeah. But if anyone, I know people who have been away from church and have gone back and have heard the priest at the door saying, oh my gosh, where have you been? I haven't oh, seen yeah. you in a long time. I've, I've been to many Christmas, Easter um, oh yes holidays. oh my gosh not yes. here but other places there. are like where have you been we're here all year you know yeah we'll if you s- like something today <laughs> you should come back next week yeah yeah well we should be like burr, 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 as yeah. they come in yes confetti <gasps> I, oh my gosh i have a story about this okay <laughs> uh, because i'm a punk this the long story it's not a long story i'm but ready the- this introduction though very long right <laughs> Okay. One year, I think it was Christmas, Okay, probably midnight mass and I, at a former parish. And I was in the loft, the choir loft with the pastor. Oh. Because someone else was doing the mass. Yeah. And I remember us like leaning over the, the edge of the loft and mm-hmm. looking at the hundreds and hundreds of people. And he said... 
oh it was right after communion people were starting to leave before the mass is over yeah and he said i can't believe they're leaving and i said i can't believe they were here like like it's what like this is the thing that churches often do You, you know we like and it's fair we like kill ourselves trying to make church a place that people will come to right right? like we're working really hard to make and it is great all year yeah and then when people show up on christmas you know drunk at midnight (laughs) or on palm sunday because we're giving away free palms or whatever it's i think it's a normal thing for people to be like what the hell yeah exactly you know yeah 100 percent. right but I mean, how freeing would it be? But we, we are called to say, yeah, no, we're happy you're here. Yeah. And not only called, but it feels better. I think it does. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It takes the judgment out of it. Yeah. I have one more quote oh, for okay. you because I think you'll really like, <laughs> I think you'll really like this last quote. He says, neither sheep nor coins can repent. They can't change their mind. That's true. They're right. Sheep, they're sheep and coins. But the parable aims not at calling the sinners to repentance but at calling the righteous to join the celebration. Yeah. (laughs) Whether one will join the celebration and this hints at part two Mm. is all important because it reveals whether our relationship are based on merit or mercy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You're going to love this line. Okay. Those who find God's mercy offensive cannot celebrate with the angels when a sinner repents. Thus, they exclude themselves from God's grace. Whoa. Right? So, the, you're saying the righteous can't get over the mercy that's been happening. Yeah. So, they exclude themselves. So, they end up... Like they're thinking they're judging someone else. Yeah. They're thinking like, I'm, I know whether these people deserve to be loved by God. Right. And in fact, what they're doing is removing themselves from that. They are the lost. Mm. Oh, I goosebumps. Yeah. 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 Goosebumps. Flip of a coin. I know. I know. I love that. And we're going to dig into that idea a little bit more. In part two. In part two. We'll we just want to give everyone a bathroom break and yeah. let you, you know, if you've been sitting in the driveway, like super sucked into this and you can't bear to get out. Yeah. Now's your chance. Go inside. We'll see you in part two. See you in part two.